Welcome to Working for Women, the independent women's forum podcast, where we are changing the conversation about women and public policy for the better. Hi, I'm Amber Schwartz. I'm the Director of Outreach at the Independent Women's Forum and your host for today's podcast. Um, I'm excited to be here with Julie Gunlock, who is IWS Director of our Culture of Alarmism Project. Uh, I read her article that we're going to talk about today in National Review, and it's titled, Anti-Bullying Campaigns Need to Target Parents, Not Just Kids. Uh, I think this really brings up an important subject uh, that needs to be talked about openly. Uh, I read your article, and I also personally know your story, Julie. I also know your boys, and I know this is definitely a tough subject to talk about since it's affected your family personally. For those that didn't read the article, will you give the audience a bit of background and also tell us what made you want to actually write this piece? Yeah, sure. And I'm so glad to be on with you because, like you said, you know me and you know my kids and you know my boys. Um, and I think that this is a subject that um, often, look, there's a lot of chatter about this. So I don't want to suggest like, no one talks about this. It's a hidden subject because actually people do talk about it. But I actually don't think people talk about it in the right way. I think um, right. that, that too often, too often, um, people say, you know, they get, they, ang- they get angry and they beat their chest and they say like, the school hasn't done enough. And so I'll give you a quick synopsis of, of what I wrote about. Um, many years ago, my, my son is in elementary school, and many years ago, and I think he was quite young to experience this, um, he started the school year off, and there was a group of boys. In my article, I actually talk about one boy, and actually there was sort of a, rung, a ringleader. Um, but there was a, actually a group of boys who really um, <clears throat> thought it was great fun sport to, to harass and be quite cruel to my son. And he, again, he was very young um, and was confused by what had occurred. And it was a real education for me in how schools handle these things. Um, when he finally told me, and actually he went through most of the year just sort of enduring it and not telling me, and, and honestly it's not because he was ashamed or, or didn't want to tell me. I, I don't think he understood what was happening. Um, but when he did finally tell me, I, you know, I mean, again, this was, my son was very young at the time. He was in first grade. Um, I knew that I, I had to talk to the teacher. So I went and asked the teacher and I was very non-confrontational, but I asked the teacher about it and she just seemed not that interested and sort of said, uh, you know, as she was yawning said, um, mm-hmm. well, you know, I'll, uh, I'll have the, the school counselor come in and talk to the entire class about, being nice to each other, and I'll have her read a book about bullying. And I was just sort of gobsmacked because I said, <laughs> why are we going to address this with the entire class? In fact, my son had made some friends in the class, and, and many of the kids were, were just top-notch, just great kids, great, sweet, nice, innocent kids. It was just a small group of kids. And so I said, why are you going to have a conversation with the whole class when it's a particular group of boys? Um, and she said, well, this is just how we handle it. Um, hmm. And so I, I was not happy, so I went to the school principal who um, sort of repeat, it sort of acted the same way, not very interested. And, um, and when I asked him, I said, you know, in fact, what I think the best solution is is to talk to the parents of, of the main kid involved. And he told me that, um, that they probably, that they wanted to handle this within the school and within the classroom. He didn't think that the, the, it was necessary to alert the parents. And I said, well, I, I'm, I, I want you to, and I, and I want to know what the result is after that conversation. And he then told me that privacy laws prevented him from telling me if he had contacted wow. his parents. And it's just, wow. it's just the kind of, and so, and basically, so to bottom line this, 
Nothing changed. Nothing helped. I actually went to a school function late in the year at sort of a luncheon outside, and I'll never forget it. I witnessed them doing, behaving in a really unfortunate way with my son, and they did it right in front of me. They were so emboldened at this point because nobody had tried to quash this. No one had tried to, to walk this back. And they did it right in front of me, which is kind of astonishing because I remember as a kid, man, you never misbehaved in front of other adults. And so, right. um, so it really emboldened these boys, and it taught them a really valuable lesson, um, a really sad lesson, but a lesson about how you can get away with these things. And it set a tone. It really set sort of, this is how you treat kids. It's really fun to sort of alienate one kid and make him feel left out. I want to be very clear. The thing is, you know, the thing that disturbs me about that is that the school is not telling the parent. I know as a parent with right. my kids, if I knew my son was being mean to a particular kid in a, in a way that's not appropriate, right, um, I would want to know. And the fact oh, yeah. that the school is not telling the parents is just insane. Well, look, you know, this is the thing that's also interesting to me is I have actually talked to people about this subject quite a bit. And we know that, like, you know, the word bullying is an overused term, right? It's just right. overused. People, like, you know, and I've told my children, they've come home with stories of being, someone being mean to them. And I say, you know, I can't get involved in every, you know, every time someone gives you the stink eye, I can't, I can't, like, call their parents. Don't give my son the stink I mean, you know, kids are yeah. always nice. You know, friendships kids kids do form groups they do form certain friendships and 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 this this kind of stuff happens the difference with mine is it was really it was systematic it was yeah i think that brings up an important point of of actually defining bullying and and what it is you know um yeah do you have some sense of of the definition of of bullying well yeah yeah it's it's interesting that you bring that up and i think that is really important because i mentioned that it's an overused term I'm very Mm -hmm. careful talking about it with my kids because, you know, look, we live in a snowflake culture, right? Everybody's, we live in an outrage culture. You're constantly outraged, right? Mm -hmm. And parents can kind of fall into this trap where they feel like their children are bullied for like the slightest infraction. And I'm very clear with my kids that, look, you know, just because someone's not very nice to you or, or, or maybe they don't want to be great friends or hang out, like that's not bullying. Like we, we got to be careful to, to, you know, to establish some some definite terms here that that mean something because otherwise then that and this you know to be in the teacher I was very angry at the teacher and the principal in the school for not doing anything but in their defense they might hear this all the time you know they might mm-hmm. uh, constantly be bombarded with parents who claim their kids are being bullied when really no these are the normal interactions of children um, but what did bother me is that that's the problem is that schools are now they become sort of immune to this because. Because everybody claims, you know, everything is bullying. And then when you're presented with a a true case, an actual case of of a child really having a hard time, nothing is done. What I also am concerned about is, as you said, the parents were never never contacted, as far as Mm -hmm. I know. And I certainly don't think they were because nothing ever happened. But look, this is the thing. I know, I I have had conversations with with people who have said, you know, I, I was contacted and I was told that my child wasn't being nice. The absolute horror. Most parents react appropriately when they find out 
that their child is doing something to harm, to hurt or harm another child, they, they, they feel terrible and they can't believe it. Sure. They're shocked, right? And, so, sure. and they usually, usually do something about it. So the schools need to trust parents a little bit more and recognize that they are a vital partner in tamping down on bullying. Um, we see this, though. We see that, that parents are, are continually um, sort of sidelined in the, in, mm-hmm. in, in, in the school. Um, so I'm not surprised that they don't really see a role for parents in, in sort of combating bullying. I know schools are also alienating parents in a lot of other areas, too. Um, do you have some examples of, of other ways that they're alienating uh, the parents where maybe yeah, they should not- be involved? Yeah, and it's not just alienation. It's well, it is. It's alienation, but it's not just alienation. It's just they don't matter anymore. Right. Um, you know, and 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 we school we school knows to, best, right? <laughs> school knows best, and we're starting to see what I call tiny cities. I call them tiny mm-hmm. cities. Schools are not just schools anymore. So you know, I'm not talking about Laura Ingalls Wilder days. Okay, going back to where she and Alonzo <laughs> were sitting in the same one room classroom. You know, like I don't, I don't, I'm not like, I'm not anti sort of progress. And and you know, I think I think look, you know, our modern school system, there's good and bad. But one thing that occurs now is that it has become schools have largely become social service hubs. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's not just a place where you go and your ch- ch- children le- learns reading, writing, and arithmetic. Um, First of all, it starts at it starts at six thirty in the morning. You can drop your kid off for early babysitting. Okay, so let's say right. you've got to get to the office really early. You want to beat that rush? That's fine. Drop them off at school. There's babysitting there, and you don't even have to feed your child breakfast. Breakfast huh. is provided now at schools. Now it was intended school breakfast, much like school lunch was intended. Um, to feed children that live at or under the poverty line or give them a break, a, a cut in price on certain meals. No longer. Anybody, anybody, even if you're a stay-at-home mom and you just want a couple hours in the morning to yourself, you can drop them off at 6.30 and they'll get breakfast, okay? doesn't stop there. You don't even have to pack them a lunch, okay? School lunch. <laughs> school snacks. School snacks are provided, okay? And in some districts, they provide school dinner. Now, it doesn't even, it doesn't stop there. Even now, the, the USDA runs a program of summer feeding programs. So that's right. Your kids are off for the wow. summer, but they can still go get food during the summer runs because parents apparently aren't doing this, okay? Well, they claim they're not doing this. And, and when you do this stuff, you set a standard for parents that we don't have to feed our children. So it's this sort of Yeah, you're enabling. <laughs> You're enabling. Right. It's a cycle, right? And that, but that's not it, okay? You also have after school, okay? So kids can stay at school until 6 p.m. because they have after school program. It's an it's actually an after school sort of daycare program, okay? So you can keep, you can get your kids there at 6:30. You can pick them up at six. Seriously, it's like a full day of care. Yeah. Then they have after school program. We know about all the extracurricular activities. Now I'm I'm not totally opposed to some of these things, but let's face it, a lot of them are just so parents can have more time without their kids in the house. Um, right. I mean, you know, I, I can teach my kids chess. Uh, I can go right. pick a soccer ball, but instead I sign them up for a program at school. That is just more care. Um, in some high schools now, they have daycares inside the school uh, for, for, for girls who get pregnant and, and want to bring their child to school. There's, oh, medical, wow. uh, there's medical clinics in schools now where there's condom distribution, there's birth control advice. There's other things, other medical information that comes out of these clinics, and, and parents don't even know that their kids are going there. And so I'm now. Look, you may agree with it. Look, there are reasons. There is 
some some people will defend these programs and say, look, you know, working parents need them and kids aren't being fed. And look, I'm, you know, look, I don't agree with that. But but there are people out there who defend these programs. Okay, but what I'm saying is, I think we need to look at it in a different way. How has this impacted? the child-parent relationship, okay? Right. It has separated parents. Parents are no longer the person you go to if you need help with this or that. You go to the school nurse or you go to the cafeteria lady. Or it's, It is important to consider these programs' impact on our culture and specifically parenting mm-hmm. culture. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I want to, I want to turn the conversation to solutions. You offer some solutions in your piece about, um, you know, the school communicating with the parent and other things that they can do to maybe deter some of this actual bullying that's happening um, and what should happen. Um, Can you give us a few of those examples? Yeah, I think uh, to tie it back to what I was just saying beforehand, I think that it's not any surprise, though, that we see that the school in general, when presented with any sort of problem, never thinks to contact the parents. Right. Um, You know, I mean, why, if a kid's hungry, do you contact the parents? No. Right. You know, put them in the hot lunch line. You you know. Right. We'll take care of it. it, It's just, and I have to say, I have a lot of sympathy for for school administrators and teachers. This puts a tremendous amount of of pressure on them. I mean, they are becoming the parents. They are no longer just the educators. I mean, there is a reason I don't homeschool, and that is because I'm a parent, and I find it stressful (laughs) enough, okay? And so I can't add add educator to my already long list of things to do. I like to, I like to, you know, to, 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 to give that to somebody else to do, okay? But when you have a teacher who is now a parent as well because she knows her, her students are hungry, she knows her students mm-hmm. are distracted, she notices her students are having problem with behavioral issues. I mean, they are not supposed to That's a to whole lot of pressure, yeah. right? I mean, par- I, mean, I mean, teachers shouldn't be the ones pointing out the golden rule and basic right. manners and, and how the basics of, of how to treat another human being. This is not the role of teachers. It used to be within the responsibility of parents. So, so, I, so before I get to solutions, I just want to make that clear. I, I think that, of course, the solution is to integrate the parents more, but it is such a big lift because parents right. are sidelined in every area of sort of the school experience. So look, right. I, I did one specific solution I say is that they have to start, the schools have to start making punishment, not just a punishment for the child who is the bully but really integrate parents into that punishment. And I'll tell you how. There is, a, you know, we have this no, no tolerance policy for kids who nibble Pop-Tarts into the shape of a gun. Mm-hmm. Okay, my child, for instance, my <laughs> child got in trouble. He got written up. He literally, in his file, there is a little write-up. And I, I love it. I'm like, you keep that in his file. I think it's fantastic <laughs> that my child has this in his file. Because he did, he did air gun. He, did, he put his fingers in the shape of a gun. Oh, my goodness. kids in the cafeteria, okay? Apparently oh, my goodness, because no other boy does that. Yeah. Right, and a potential danger. Okay, so I was, you know, I just, I laughed and thought the whole thing was hilarious, and I got the sense mm-hmm. that the assistant principal also thought it was a bit of an overreaction. But, you know, we have the zero tolerance policy for air guns and for Pop-Tart guns, okay? But we allow bullying to go, we let gen- genuine bullying, bullying to go on and on. And so what I have yeah. said is there should be a zero tolerance policy for this. If, this if, they, if they actually look into this, and this is actually happening, you tell the kid's parents he's going to be suspended. And I guarantee you, you tell a parent they're going to have to take a week off work, 
because their kid is misbehaving, you're going to see some action on this. (laughs) Absolutely. You're going to see some real interested parents, okay? So, look, if parents are going to refuse, because I I, I do think it's a problem where where parents have been sidelined and they kind of get the message, oh, we don't really matter, and they may not even know. But I think that if parents are told, and I think there is a category of parents who just don't care um, and and really just won't, won't sort of step up, but if you tell them that there's going to be punishment not only for their child but for them, then I think you will see some action on this. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think the listeners might want to know how things turned out with your son. Can you tell us? Yeah, yeah, everything is fine. I know I, it sounded very dramatic, but, you know, the thing is, is at that age, they are so resilient. And I want to say one other thing. I think one thing that in our culture that we do is, you know, parents tend to react to these things in, I think, inappropriate ways. You know, one thing we told our son is just find other friends and avoid them. Mm-hmm. And we said, and and we also said, um, you know, as as I was sort of working behind the scenes, we also said, you know, this will pass. You'll you'll right. you'll find friends eventually. You'll move on, right? We made it clear to him that his his life is not in this moment. It, this is right. just a moment, and he will move on. And again, I mean, you know, he was little, so I was lucky that it really was a bl- a blip, and 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 everything is fine. He's, he's moved on. He's been great. And I will tell you, there were some positives. I, we had a lot of conversations about what it is to be a good person and a nice person and how to treat others and about, you know, sticking up for underdogs and don't let other kids, even if you're not the target of it and you witness it, you stick up for other kids. You know, you, you are supposed to be a leader and a good person and set a, set a standard and set an example. So we had some great conversations. I will tell you, it's interesting. He really gravitates towards sort of shyer, bookier kids. Um, he, he likes kids. He, he tends to be friends with kids who are, her, who are close to his, to their own parents, which I think is yeah. really good. So in oh, some absolutely. Ways yeah. So, so in some ways there's been some positives, but I do think that this is a problem. Um, you know, I don't want to dismiss it. I, I, I also, I also don't want to blow it out of proportion and I also want parents to have some perspective, but I do sure. think that schools, schools can be doing more. And I think the real solution is, is integrating parents into, into that solution. Yeah, and also just like what you said, talking to your kids about it, right? That this is only a small part of your life. This is not the end of the world, particularly with older kids, too. You know, you hear about these horrible stories of high schoolers and things like that, um, killing themselves or whatever it is for being bullied. And I think if parents just communicate... Yeah, for goodness sake, I mean, I mean, that is also part of the snowflake culture, that that if if your child comes home and says, I'm being bullied, you you don't react with... Oh my gosh! This is this is yes. terrible, and 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 your life it, it just can potentially impact. Like, goodness, you know. Look, I don't, you know, I I don't, I certainly do not want to criticize any parent who 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 whose child really suffered and and may have done something to themselves because of it. But I will tell you, um, you know, I, I think social media. I you know, I I was dealing with this at a, a much younger age where my child didn't have a device or any social media accounts. Um, I, I really think parents need to. Get their kids off of some of these platforms. I mean, it is and it is so such an opportunity for kids to be to be mean to each other and to to right. hurt, hurt each other. And, and it's, I, I and think it's, it's easy really, to be mean, right? It's very easy yeah. to be mean on, on I mean, social I think, media. I think as moms, I mean, you and I are friends and coworkers, mm-hmm. and I think as moms, we are very careful about devices and technology sure. with our kids. I mean, I'm realistic yeah. about it. I they do get occasionally get the iPad and, and the phone and stuff like that. Um, but, but I'm very, very careful about it. And it's astonishing to me 
to see kids. My, I have young kids, and, and there are kids in their grades that are starting to get their own uh, um, uh, devices, and they can get on the Internet, and there's very little parental observation. A whole uh, new world, right. This is, this, is, this is not good, and people need to understand that that also contributes I think, to this bullying culture. So, you know, parents need to do more on their end as well to control what their children are seeing. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the most important things to take away here um, from talking to you is that there there simply needs to be more parental involvement, communicating with your kids, um, communicating with the school. Um, The school should definitely communicate with parents to to deal with this issue. Um, we, We talk about the importance of parenting a lot at IWF, um, that parents generally make better decisions for their kids than some bureaucrat or school or whatever that's it right. may be. Um, and that's with bullying. That's with what they eat for lunch, what they eat for breakfast, you know, what you were talking about. Um, it's often something we should talk about. Uh, parents make better decisions for their own kids, usually, <laughs> with most that, parents. That's absolutely right, and that's a great message to end on. It's it's just really important. Look, I, the the lady in the school cafeteria is a lovely woman. She likes my kids, but she does not know what they'll eat, and I know, and so that's why parents are ultimately. I think you said it perfectly. Parents make better decisions for the kids that they know best. Absolutely. Well, Julie, it's been it's been great talking to you today, and thank you so much to our audience for listening. If you want to read more about this topic and other items of interest, um, particularly to help your family, please visit IWF.org. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please give it a thumbs up, share it on social media, or stop by IWF.org for similar content.